Hello guys, and you're through to The Daily Hustle. And today we've got a super special guest. It's Chris O'Connell. Super excited to have him on the show. Um, and I wanted to start, fun fact about Chris. Let's go. Oh God, thanks for putting me on the spot, mate. And thank you for inviting me on your show. Really delighted to be on. A fun fact off the top of my head, um, I've done a business deal with a dragon from Dragon's Den. Not on the show, but separately. Amazing. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, Chris. Well, I've got uh, 24 years experience in recruitment. Started out a big corporate recruiter called S3 back in the day, 1998. It's quite a shy uh, resourcer. Didn't really know my ass and my elbow back then, really, to be honest with you. I'll go back as well, further to my family stuff. But from a, from a career perspective, started there in 1998. Um, big corporate company, 400-odd consultants worldwide. Um, and I just took to it like a duck to water recruitment. I became the worldwide top biller very quickly. Was billing six, seven, eight hundred grand a year, year in, year out. Went my way up. Um, became a manager and managed people across different offices and had hundreds of contractors running. And it was a real hardcore kind of environment. If you're late, you get donuts thrown at you and you tie cut off. And it was all hardcore sales and not really me, to be honest with you. But I, I, I kind of did well there. Um, left there, set up my own business in 2003. Got that to just under 100 heads, nearly, nearly 30 million pounds turnover every year. Uh, great EBITDA. We won 14 industry awards as well. So three Virgin Fast Track 100 awards in a row. We're the second fastest growing recruitment company in the UK. Um, third greatest company to work for in Europe, second best in Europe, you know, concurrently just winning the, all these awards. Uh, really proud of the awards we won for our culture, actually, how we engage with our, our people and our customers. And we sat in the middle of the office and didn't ask someone to do something not prepared to do ourselves. It was just a great, great business. Then one day my business partner said he didn't want to kind of do it anymore. He wanted to, he wanted to go in a different direction. So uh, I did a private equity deal, which was extremely challenging. Um, and things started to change for me from that point on. Um, that deal didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Um, had a lot of mental health challenges as well. Um, and in the space of sort of three or four years, I lost, kind of lost my business, uh, lost, lost contact with my son, uh, lost my house, uh, got divorced, uh, suicide attempts, loads of stuff happened. Um, it was a kind of a bit of a, a crossroads uh, or hiatus in my, in my life, really. But I put some context around that later on. Um, so I took sort of four or five years out of, of the sector, but in hindsight, it's probably the best thing that could happen to me because now I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm an NED business coach. I go into businesses and drive them forward, um, you know, organizational development, uh, career mapping, getting them fit for sale and just working with businesses. And what I believe and what I've learned is that vulnerability and leadership is, is massive at the moment. That compassion, that empathy, leaders need to show up as their true selves and that's how you're going to build engagement, which I can elaborate on. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. That's probably a bit of a long instruction, but there you go. No, it's really good. And one of the reasons uh, why I wanted to kind of get you on the show was mainly because I think the inspiration behind what, how you kind of got to that point, kind of lost it, but then have come back fighting towards something that you really love as well. And I think one of the things, uh, I guess, before we go on too deep, let's just discuss how we met. So, like, <laughs> so we're sitting, oh, sorry, not the microphone there. Um, so we're, we're sitting on LinkedIn. Uh, I posted something out about mental health and um, it went semi viral, I'd say. Like, my normal engagement isn't as high as what I got on that. I think there was 20,000 organic views. And one of the people that popped up was yourself. And, and we got talking, didn't we? Yeah, no, I thought it was a really, really good post because, you know, I'm a mental health kind of ambassador, a mental health first aid, I do loads of stuff in that space. And um, 
I think your post was it really kind of struck a chord, and I thought, well, oh, this has got a bit of traction. And I thought, you know, I looked at your profile, I thought you look like a good guy. Just put a, quite, quite a sort of supporting comment on there, and uh, it kind of that even the comment itself did very well. And then we just picked it up from there, and we kind of got on really well. So I think the power of LinkedIn and networking and just reaching out and collaborating is, is brought us here today. And uh, yeah, loving it. Yeah, it's brilliant, man. I mean, it's only been two or three weeks since we first touched base, so it's um, still early days. But I'm hoping we're going to be able to keep that connection anyway. But I guess one of the things that I always love to talk about with like entrepreneurs is like, what was like, I guess, the thing that made you become an entrepreneur? Like, what was like the main key for you in in terms of actually getting up and becoming an entrepreneur? Do you know what? I, th- I think this started really almost from birth. That sounds a bit strange, but without going yeah. too deep, <laughs> I was <laughs> I was born in a caravan, and um, my dad came home from work one day, and to find me hanging out the window, t- two years old, kind of naked. My brother was there as well. Uh, so my mum abandoned us when I was two years old. Uh, then I was fostered for four years. I was abused. Had lo- loads of kind of childhood trauma that that kind of really kind of kind of messed me up really. And I always thought I was inferior. I always thought I was different. But what that did do, you know, being abandoned by your mum and then being abused by your stepmother, it kind of gave me this kind of insane desire and drive to to, to do something for myself. So I think I had this 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 kind of uh, entrepreneurial thing inside me that I kind of had to stand on my own two feet. So from a very young age, I just wanted. To to make something for myself and you know and I, what i needed was a vehicle to help me achieve that and i think you know when i joined s3 that was that vehicle and then beyond that obviously what i did mine mine comes down to selling my dad's plants out of his garden like my brother and i we run circulate together and we were actually selling plants and their plant pots all of my dad's stuff of course for for one pound to passers-by <laughs> yeah 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 oh, that's, that's amazing i remember you know when i was i left home when i was 15 and i i used to work in a in a petrol station at night and then a hardware shop on sunday and do a paper round and just 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 to make ends meet and just you know buy and sell i had a uh, clapped out old fiesta that i you know the stereo was worth more than the car all that kind of stuff so so tell me something i'm really really keen to understand is obviously like you you went huge in your career. Like you took things to like, like you said, thirty million pound turnover with your business. You were like one of the top kind of mental health cultures out there as well for like making sure you looked after your staff. Now, how did you rebuild this? Like when when things went south and things didn't work out. Like what advice can you give to people that are in that position to help them get themselves back on track? Well, it was by no means easy, and I'm I'm still kind of I am still kind of rebuilding, if you like. But I I think that I think I reached a point where, and I think everyone has this option. I do, I do unless it's really, I mean, it is severe adversity, but I still feel you have a choice to either allow it to kind of happen to you or happen for you. So you can either victimize yourself or use it to your kind of your your benefit. So I I, I use that adversity uh, to my advantage, and I thought, you know what, what have I learned? What have I learned from this? So. I think it was more a case of, you know, if I've done it once, I can do it again. And I'm, I don't think I'm, in terms of ability, I'm probably, I've got no much more ability than than the average person. But I think it's that mindset, that belief in myself that actually the only person that's going to get me out of this is, is me. And that, that, that sounds a bit kind of holistic, but essentially it is. Um, and that's, that, that's how I did it. And I think... Um, post my divorce, I, I, I had a lot of reflection time um and that that ability to just stop reflect i mean when, when, when i was doing what i was a millionaire at 26 you know i had range rovers 40 grand watches different 
different colour watches. I had, I had a chrome one. I got bored of that after two weeks and bought, bought a rose gold one. You know, it's like more money than sense. Do you know what I mean? And my, my, my whole mode yeah. of operandi was was you know, the biggest office, the biggest car, the biggest watch, biggest holiday. And it kind of every time I reached that achievement, it was kind of like, oh, right. It, it wasn't very fulfilling. And I think I think what I'm doing now in terms of I'm rich in, in, in fulfillment and purpose. And it was kind of, I think it was a question of kind of like finding myself around actually what is important in my life and to me um it's getting those visions and values and purpose right so that's how i probably built myself i kind of realized what was important and then geared my 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 whole life around that and it wasn't materialistic it was it was just living living life the right way and the, and the, and the money comes as well anyway so it's so true isn't it because like when you're building a business it's very easy to get fixed on the revenue the profits the money and forget about the culture because when you've got a business that's got all of those things but a terrible culture then what you have is this churn and burn kind of mentality and that doesn't really do anyone good especially i guess when you're talking about mental health and for me it's it's become such a huge thing within my business that i i just want to make sure that everyone in my business especially as a service-led business has got a, as much of that support bubble around them to keep them you know, mentally in the right place and, and, and have drive to be able to get up every day and come into work. Yes. No, absolutely. I, I think I think I, I put a post out yesterday that went kind of fairly viral. My, my view is in, in the next year, in the next three to five years, I think there will be mental health kind of departments and dedicated areas for it because, I mean, it's, it's what we do outside of work that drives, drives the performance. So, you know, I, I advise businesses, you know, they've got the beanbags, the table tennis tables, the branding, all the ops, all the infrastructure. That's all great. But if what people are doing outside of work isn't isn't right for their well-being, it doesn't matter. So I think it's massive. It's no, I completely understand. Like a lot of the the businesses out there, all you've got to do is kind of look at places like Google and stuff. They they do put a lot of perks in place which are around kind of the fun aspect of things. But I don't think that necessarily equates to, you know, people's mental health being better. I think it's like you said with the car analogy you can have all the rolexes you can have all the cars you can have different color rolexes but unless you feel safe and secure then you're always going to have that kind of feeling aren't you i think it's right i think it starts from the top and i think i think part of the reason why i've kind of come back quite well is i feel that especially on linkedin i, I saw a kind of an opportunity from learning how not to do it myself and how how other people were doing it, I think wrongly in terms of it's when the it's when the leader shows up as their true self that you know I put myself out there on LinkedIn. I, I talked about some of my vulnerability. I've talked about some of my mental health problems. I've talked about some of my suicide attempts. And I'm not advocating you know we all pour our hearts our hearts out, but I think I think a good leader uh, is themselves and they're not trying to be something else. I used to put the suit on, become this stoic kind of inspirational, motivational person because I felt I had to. And actually, that, that's good to a point, don't get me wrong. But I, th- I think it is about, you know, really, in terms of b- building that well-being and that ability to actually relate to somebody, you have to have that empathy and understanding and, and compassion yourself as well. So what, what kind of things do you kind of advise businesses on now to kind of implement within their, their teams and for in, in terms of that building that secure mental health kind of space that allows people to feel supported? What kind of stuff do you talk about now? Well, I, I think I think it depends on on the size of the organisation, but I, I I think that ordinarily 
you know, you'd have to buy in some, some specialist people, you know, psychologists, counsellors, um, psychiatrists, you know, and basically to treat it as, as, as important as, as your sales, your marketing or your HR function. And, you know, firstly, you probably need to create an environment where people feel comfortable to talk about it. So what I mean is just having a powwow on a Thursday. Yeah, that's quite good. You know, or having a non-business Zoom, all that kind of stuff, that's good. But that doesn't sort of solve the problem. So firstly, the leadership team needs to... Uh, engender and encourage people to be open and start talking about it that's half the battle i would signpost them to the mental health first aid uh, or mhfa for england website or mind or there's this there's certain signposts where um what happens when someone comes to you and you've got a mental health problem nine times out of ten that business doesn't know what to do so it's it's, it's having having dedicated people in the business to say actually are we capable and qualified to help if not this person can help. So it's having a pool of resources, drawing up a charter and treating it really, really seriously uh, and just encouraging people to you know being it's OK not to be OK. So talking about it is one thing, but having the, the, the right ability to to signpost and uh, for people to reach out to the right people at the right time. I think that's a really good point, actually, because like, you know, a lot of, a lot of businesses can kind of say, yeah, we we, we're here to look after our staff, but actually putting that fundamental practice in place of, of having for mental health first aiders. Do you know what? I've actually just signed my whole team up for mental health first aid courses. Um, and I think this is like, for me, one of the best decisions we've made, like within the mental health kind of trying to roll this out in our business um, because essentially like you don't always like unless you're kind of educated around that you don't always know when someone's struggling it's it's very easy to see someone having a few extra beers after work or you know covering things up a little bit and they can seem very happy when actually they're not and Mm. and 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 i think this is just really for us i guess like we're on a different kind of path of coming into this now and really opening up and mine comes off the back of my my mother passing away last year. She had some super bad issues with mental health. And, um, Sorry to hear that. No, no. But it's, I think if anything, it's kind of taught me to understand it more. Mm. And and I think like yourself, Chris, is like when you're going through those problems, like you kind of sometimes have yeah. to get hit by it to to notice it. And and I think this is um, why I find your stuff that you're doing so inspiring because, you know, you're you're actually actioning stuff. And there's a lot of businesses out there that say things but don't action. And I think that's 95% of it, right? Oh, absolutely. I, th- I think actually and that's what I'm proud of. If you ask me what I'm proud of, I mean, I've, all those business achievements, all those awards are great. But what I'm doing now, that legacy, that impact that, that people like you and I have on people – I think you're right. The, 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 the mental health first aid course—it's—it's it's, it's a great course in itself. But even even just the the, the, the perception of what, what it is and what the difference between empathy and sympathy—it's just I think what you've done there is can I say is just an exceptional thing for your business and says a lot about you as well. So no, well done. Like I saw you post something as well on your LinkedIn around how LinkedIn's becoming more like Facebook as well. So a lot more people are opening up on LinkedIn. Don't you think? Like, I, I honestly, and I love it because I think I've seen so many people talking about their mental health these days on LinkedIn. And it's it's almost becoming a bit more normal. And I think this is brilliant. But what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's one thing that 
well, there's other things, but the pandemic and COVID has ha- actually had a positive effect because I, th- I think it's kind of a bit of a level playing field. I think that, I think there's less hierarchy now in businesses. So I think I think more leaders are coming forward and showing up as their true selves and yeah. being open and being vulnerable. And I think LinkedIn is a great platform to do that. I mean, I, I was guilty of that only up until I took three or four years off LinkedIn. It's only been the last year I've been back on it. And I always deemed it as a kind of a, a hybrid job board or a bit of a professional site, but it's so far from that. And in this last nine, 12 months, I'd probably, I'm not joking, you're one example, but I've probably got another hundred examples of you where I've just, I've just built this community, this friendship, this business relationships and partnerships with people just by just be, by being open and talking to people. And I think I think the whole kind of industry is is moving away a little bit from B2B. It's more H to H, human to human. People people are buying from people. So the, the, the one man bands or the one person bands out there, they're opening up huge accounts because they're they're being open and being themselves. So I'm all, I'm all for it. I think it's great. I think it's actually what you've just said there, H to H, is so interesting. Um, my my mentor, he he built up his his agency from 30 to 175 staff. He was turning over, I think, 14 million a year in revenue. Uh, he exited. And um, one of the things he's recently posted as well uh, was about that kind of building your personal brand in a service-led industry. Uh, and how he wishes that he'd done that back then. And I think this kind of shows that people buy people, like people buy in. And that's one of the reasons why we're talking right now is because we found a common interest. Um, and that's obviously around mental health and leadership and all this kind of stuff. And like I think that is really, really different to what I get in a lot of messages on LinkedIn, which is, you know, a lot of it is just spam. You probably get it a lot as well, right? I get, well, I mean, you've got 30,000 followers. I mean, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not got as many followers as that. But, you know, like I'm getting probably every day 10, 10 requests, which are just very automated. Um, and, and I think this, this also damages you a little bit because I had someone on there the other day um, actually sending me, why aren't you responding to me? Why aren't you responding? And it does give you that sense of like, oh God, like what's, I don't know what to do in this situation, like, because obviously you can see you getting spammed, but then there's like a negative connotation coming back at you. And subtly, you don't notice it, but every, if everyone's doing that every day, it can start to have impact on you. It can start to feel bad about things, or you can start to ignore certain people when maybe you just need to open up to people. And one of the things I've, I've found recently is I've been talking with so many different businesses through LinkedIn and just engaging in communications on, on their posts. I think this is actually, as a business, the best way to kind of build your community is just to interact with people and show interest. Um, I totally agree with that. I think I think um, if someone's nervous or vulnerable about where the hell do I start my personal brand, because it is going that way and it's all about video content, you know, one of the best ways you can do, as you just rightly say, is, you know, is 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 comment on people's posts. You can even search for the type of people that you want in, in the in the in the bar there. You can put CEO and sector and bring up posts and content related to that and then just 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 do, do 10, 15 of those every single day. And believe me, you'll start to build a little bit of a community. You know, I, I remember doing my first video. I was, I was, if I can swear, shitting myself. I took about 400, you know, 14, 15 takes to get it right. It was a minute long. And now I'm, now I'm, I'm really, I'm really relaxed with it. I, I just think it's about, it's just about trial and error. But yeah, uh, I think that's a great, great suggestion to keep commenting on people's posts and, you know, you can mix it up. It doesn't have to be a business post as well. I think some of the stuff that I'm I'm teaching some of my businesses and some of my leaders are, you know, 
stop banning on about your business every single post or every single piece of uh, content. You know, people don't want necessarily what they don't want to know about your business so much. They want to know about you. So you can have some fun with it. You know, it doesn't have to be about your awards or how many staff you've got or what you're doing. It can be about your personal life a little bit. Um, you can do um, those uh, text posts or video posts and just, just mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good bit of advice. So I think going back onto that, like that starting out a business, like I remember how hard it was when I started. Honestly, I was kind of doing two jobs at the, at the start of starting the business. <laughs> so I was coming back at six, starting work again at seven, working till two. And I did this for like six months. And um, it was it was honestly so draining. But like, I think my approach back then as well wasn't as social media savvy as it was today. I mean, I was literally going and knocking on doors at one point, like cold calling, you know, like this this kind of approach. And it's yeah, it's 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 still uh, an interesting way that people can do things. But like, there is such a big opportunity now for businesses, like especially in the digital space, that are starting out. What kind of like advice would you give to someone that's in that position? You know, they, they've just started, they're kind of in a middle road where they don't know if they want to start their business or continue working for someone else. Like, what would your bit of advice be to them in the long run? Well, this is coming from someone who uh, has been brought up in a hardcore, make 100 calls, cold calling environment. Now, I, I, it's, I, it's totally different. I you know I haven't made a cold call for a couple of years now because my content is kind of, people people come to me so firstly uh the first step is actually doing it so if you you know thinking it and doing it are two different things but just just make that first step and go out and do it but secondly i think you've got to have a short medium and long-term kind of strategy you know the results aren't, aren't going to come overnight and it's all about what values what do you want your business to be so for me it's about understanding what your values are um what content what business you want to provide what service you want to provide so um if you're talking about how to build out the business, I, I think LinkedIn is a great platform. Um, build out a content strategy, even partner with a with a with a content partner as well. It's not the size of your business that's going to win your business. It's what it's it's the nature of what you're doing and the message that you've got. So you don't have to be this big. You don't have to have all the bells and whistles. It's, I think it's just about being yourself and showing up as your true as your true self, um, and the ability to tell your own story as well. You know, people loved hearing hearing that story that resonates, that's relatable. So just think about that kind of stuff. It's not necessarily that sometimes it's not the product that wins. It's it's the person, you know, man. I think that's so, so true as well. Like I think obviously like talking about um, like how we started out as well, like it's me and my brother. So we have such a connection and a story to tell. I think we actually got referred to once as the digital whiz brothers in Brighton. So it was like, <laughs> this kind of like kind of as you kind of carry on the journey these are the kind of things that you pull in and like yeah it was it was it's an amazing thing starting out a business but it is hard like and it is going to have impacts on your life like you are going to sometimes have to work a bit a bit longer or but then i think when you get to a stage where things are a bit more settled you can also make it play for you so like i think sometimes i'll, I'll end up finishing earlier on a friday because I want to go and spend time with my loved ones and, and what have you. And I, and I think this kind of is a common question a lot of people ask, like how long do entrepreneurs spend in, in the office and working? And it's a question I want to know about you, because I know you're obviously super big on the mental health space. So how much work do you do a day? Like what's the typical output for you? 
Well, I, th- I think the beauty of being your own boss and your own entrepreneur is you don't have to do the nine to five thing. So I don't, I don't, I don't record the hours that I do, but I love the flexibility of maybe doing something at eight pm at night and then, or and then, or sitting in the park during the afternoon or going to the gym during the afternoon. So I think you can't really put a price on 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 that. But I, I always believe in um, trying to do three or four things really well than you know, 12 things really badly. So prioritize what the key, the key tasks are and try and do it in, in, in little spurts. So dedicate a couple of hours to one thing, then take a break, give yourself mini, mini rewards. I, I don't think I'm working any, any, any less hours than what I did if I was working for somebody else or any more or more. I don't think it's about that. It's about the enjoyment and the fulfillment that you're getting out of it. If you're enjoying what you're doing, you know, you tend to you tend to avoid that burnout piece. It's when you're working for someone else, you're, you're not getting the recognition, you're not getting the accolades, you're not getting the acknowledgement. That's when you get burnt out. Yeah. But I think that the, the signs of being burnt out are when you're not enjoying it, when you're not sleeping. Um, but I, I, w- I would say that the beauty of, of being your own boss is that, you know, you can get to create your own deadlines. This whole have it done by the end of, end of, end of the day thing, I think it's nonsense. It doesn't, doesn't, you know, it's about what's right for you. And, the, you know, I, 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 um, I go to the gym between 12 and 1, pretty much every other day which is quite bizarre bizarre time to do it but if it works for me i think um i think you can do as many hours as you want as long as you're enjoying it but give yourself those little rewards don't do this whole eight hours on the trot nine to five thing just just play play to your strengths and use use your calendar to your advantage basically yeah i, I love that i think that's a great bit of advice um i guess from that point like let's talk a little bit around like like for myself, I've had relationships and they've gone really bad because of of how I have worked before. Have you only had this that as well? Oh, mate! I mean, I've 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 lost numerous girlfriends. Um, I've lost, <laughs> um, yeah, I've lost uh, friends. I've lost access to my son. I mean, when I was doing when I was CEO of my that big business, I was so transfixed on it, mate. I lived, breathed. You know, ninety nine point nine percent of my time was 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 thinking about it. Don't ask me a question. I'd always relate back to the business. It was all consuming, and if if I could turn the clock back and change it, I would I would change fifteen percent of that and put that into my kids or into my. It's about delegating all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, I think that um, you know, uh, don't fall into the trap just because it is your own business. You know, life life's important as well, and it's that balance between personal development, exercise, diet, all that, you know, the content you're absorbing as well. You have to apportion, you know, a certain amount of time the way you do actually switch off. Otherwise, you just, again, you'll just burn out. Yeah, so true, mate. It's, it's, it's really funny kind of talking about all this stuff because this is, these are things that I see a lot of business owners struggling with. It wasn't like, it was about two weeks ago, I was speaking with one and he was kind of mentioning how, you know, when he's speaking to people, sometimes he's just thinking about his business. <laughs> and so when you've got like a thousand things popping off, it is so hard to kind of take yourself away from it. I honestly think that it's so important to do it because like if you don't, then then it's almost certainly going to destruct relationships. Um, yeah. I, th- I, 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 th- I, I think things like personal development, um, diet exercise uh you know really, really important so i've got to the stage now where i kind of i almost color code it and put it into my diary so i will be reading a book at this point i will be doing listen to a podcast at this point because if i don't i won't it's you know and I, but that, I, I kind of learn from experience and kind of also as well you know a lot of entrepreneurs i speak to they get this thing called imposter syndrome 
you know, where they they wake up each day and they either feel like King Kong or they feel like you know, you know, someone who just can't even run a run a bath, basically. And I, I've 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 had that as well. So what I do each morning now, mate, is that I, you know, I wake up every morning and I, I put my feet on the ground and before I do anything, I just plant my feet and breathe slowly for a couple of minutes just to catch myself and be present. And you get that narrative in your head. And nine times out of ten, it's positive. But sometimes you get the odd day where it's negative. And, I, and sometimes you get that. And I, and, I, and, I, and I catch that. And I've learned to catch it and say, no, this is going to be a good day. And kind of big myself up and choose the day. Then I go into the walk into the mirror and I talk to myself and say, this is like that, that motivational piece. And I think I'm all for just making sure you can try and be present and slow down a little bit. Because um, that's caught me up before where I've just got up. Boom, straight into my emails or straight into the office. And having you had a thought of that self-reflection is so important. It's mad, isn't it? I, I literally woke up this morning and I knew that I had two big meetings and that was all that took my headspace. And after the meetings, I thought to myself, and this is a point I wanted to make now, is like journaling, I think, is super good for your mental health because I started doing it like in the last couple of weeks, like writing little journals and notes down. But then... You kind of write about things and your head's kind of processing the information. You realize that what you're worrying about, you don't really need to worry about because you're, you know what you're doing. And like, you just need to go through the experience of learning and, and again, like mistakes and stuff, making mistakes, I think is, uh, I, mm. I see it the other day. Someone said, it's not a failure unless you give up, like it's a mistake. That's, I saw that as well myself. Yeah, there yeah. we go. We're reading the same stuff, mate. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> so one thing as well, like, I think that would be really interesting to understand about you, because obviously you've, you've had this wild kind of career and it's it's been challenged now and you've kind of gone into a different area. So what is, like, your biggest motivator? Like, as of this, like, kind of second, what motivates you to do what you're doing? Well, I think... Uh, that's different to what it used to be to me it's it's the impact and legacy that i can leave on other people so um that's why that's that's serving leadership that's what i love i I love kind of turning people around or helping them with their well-being and mental health and i want to create something that you know know, when i do pass away at least i've you know i've i've helped and delivered something to other people so um, that motivates me more than, you know, building a business to 100 staff again. I mean, that, without being big-headed, if I really wanted to do that, you know, I, I, I could set up a recruitment business next 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 week, next month, and get it get it to a decent level quite quickly. But, you know, I've kind of been there and done that. Um, and that's why I kind of, I think, pivoted up still in recruitment, but into this kind of leadership and well-being stuff. Because for me, that's 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 the fulfillment. So it's, 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 it's for me, it's fulfillment and, and that purpose is so important to me. I think that's really cool. And I actually think on that point, the purpose you'll see behind which has got purpose led leadership, is it? Or purpose leadership? And purpose led leadership, yeah. Yeah, yeah purpose led leadership. And and what we've actually done at Circulate and we see a lot of other businesses doing as well is purpose led business. Like my business, I don't want it to be a business that's in it for the money. Like there were times like yourself, where I woke up every day and thought, let's make more money. Um, now I kind of want to pivot as well and and position circulate in a way whereby we're actually purpose-led in terms of helping and creating awareness around something with our success in this business. And, and I think that could be, you know, 
funneled from our staff to actually people in the world that we can help out with. We're just actually registering with a, um, a homeless shelter to go and do some digital training and stuff for people there. All this kind of stuff, which I think is like, for me, like what every business should be doing. Like, and if you haven't got a CSR project, if you've not got some of those, you really should think about it. Because I think not only does it give you that sense of, I don't know, like um, positivity and that you're doing something better, but it's genuinely you're helping people. And I think we can sometimes sit up on our high horse and think, oh, we're doing great. But there's a lot of people worse off than us. And Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it boils down to what, what your version of success is. And to some people, it's their net worth or the size of the house or what car they drive. And to me, it's 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 it's. And you know, I, you know, I put another post out. You know, and you know, you know, the Forbes rich list. I think I think there should be rich lists for, you know, charity endeavors and you know, how many people lives have been saved and just just that kind of stuff. And what I'm trying to say is that if you have the right principles, the right values, the right purpose, and you're doing the right thing. Believe me, the money and, and all, all the kind of all, all the abundance comes as well. So why not do it in that order? Why not have why not have why not have both? You know, I'm, what I'm not saying is that because one of the traps I fell into was I was this ruthless, hard nosed kind of you know, back in the day. You know, honestly, I was I, I was just out there for the money, lost it all, and became this kind of Samaritan kind of like you know very open kind of vulnerable guy. And I've got my own coach as well because I always believe you know it doesn't matter who you are, everyone has their own coach. And he, he and he said to me. This is brilliant. Your, your, your purpose is great, but where's the reward for you as in the financial reward? So I've now kind of moved the dial back a little bit. So there has, there has to be a commercial element to it as well, but it's just find that balance. And when you do find that balance and, and it is, and you know it's the right purpose and you're getting rewarded for it financially as well, that's, that's the utopia. Do you know what I mean? That's awesome. I, I really love that. Um, and I think, like you said there, in terms of like just making sure you're aware of that stuff, like even if you're not actioning it now, thinking and being aware of what you can do is probably a really good step for anyone in in a in a in a small business, medium sized, large business to to try and make sure that you are aware of these things. What's your favourite thing about being an entrepreneur, like and doing what you're doing? I think it's the un, unexpected nature of what can hit you. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, last week I was doing a board meeting. The week before that, I was teaching someone how to spec a CV into it, into a client, you know, or I was doing my accounts. And it's, it's just that, that ability to like, you are in your, you are kind of in control and you can have really great days and you can have really bad days. And it's just kind of no two days are the same, I think, I think, but also meeting new people and learning from new people as well. Again, I revert back to what, when I was, what I was like before, when I was a CEO, I was very insular. I didn't really speak to anybody else. I thought my competitors were just my competitors. Now, as an entrepreneur, if, if someone's doing a similar thing to me, uh, in the same space, I don't see him as a competitor. I see him as someone I can collaborate with. So it's what I love about it is that I can use my my background and my knowledge to to open up a conversation like I've done with you and learn and teach and all that kind of so all that kind of sort of continued development in myself. I love about being an entrepreneur as well. That's awesome. I I think for me, I, I just love having the freedom to be able to kind of position my time. I think this is really good. I right now I'm in Barcelona, like. This is an awesome kind of time to be able to to be in different places. I'm also buying a house in Manchester, um, so it's like it's it's two different locations. You're able to kind of be in different places, see your friends, and I mean, I spent four four years over here, and it was some of the most amazing time. But I was sometimes getting on a plane at seven a.m., going to London, doing a meeting, coming back at seven p.m. 
It was it was insane. Yeah, you don't get that opportunity when you're working for someone else necessarily. And also Barcelona, one of my best friends lives out there. I've been over there about 15 times. Awesome place. Well, I can't wait. When when I I'm, I pretty much come here every other month because my girlfriend's here. But when you do yeah. next come over, we have to collaborate that trip. Make sure we're both here at the same yeah. time. Grab a bit. <laughs> Definitely, mate. All over it. Yeah, down Las Ramblas or wherever it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the, the well. I would say it's the most touristy part, but it's changing yeah, know, now but... with COVID. So, so yeah, one of yeah. the things I also want to kind of get from you in this episode, and I think. It's, it's almost like a pattern or a formula of do you believe that there is some kind of pattern in entrepreneurship and, and leadership that people take to become successful? It takes a certain type of person to be an entrepreneur. I, th- I think it's, it's perseverance. It's belief. There's no, I don't think there's a magic formula or, or magic pattern. I, I, th- I think actually um, – yeah. The most beneficial times as an entrepreneur have been in in my adversity when I've when I when I've lost businesses or I've, I've done I've made mistakes and that ability to just keep getting up and going again and going again and learning and improving. So I think I think there might be a pattern actually the pattern of of, of not failure but the pattern of when things don't go well you build yourself up again and you learn. I think that's 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 how good entrepreneurs get better by by making mistakes and failing and building up again. So um, the the road. Or the path of an entrepreneur is never a straight line. It's never always successful. So I think the pattern is that expect adversity, basically. Yeah, it's, it's funny because my uh, my mentor, um, the one I referenced earlier, he, he said it's a bit like a roller coaster. So you're kind of going along, but you want to keep on that up, upward tra- trajectory. Sorry, I can't get, even get my word out. Um, and but it needs to go like this because there's going to be peaks and troughs on this upward journey. It's never good just going to be up. The more you do it, when you when you're on that trough, you're almost thinking actually. It, I almost see it as a, as a ah, this is something good's going to come out of this as well. It's almost like almost like you kind of lean into lean into it and go, oh right, this this is meant to happen for a reason. So like, because I've been abs- mate, the last year I've been absolutely flying, and then a few weeks ago I had a bit of a dip, and now now I'm back up again. It's all it's all part of the journey, and I and I love it. It's good. I absolutely love what we do. Um, it's like you say, like when you do take that dip, sometimes it can get your anxiety. I had super bad anxiety for like three years. Every now and again, now it comes back and it haunts me. But then I have to remember that anxiety is actually not a, a well, it's, it's basically all in your head, really, isn't it? It's not a, a medical um, condition in such, but like it's, it's about recognizing patterns and when they're happening and just trying to remember that, you know, you can get through it. And I think well, this kind of leads me on to some, another topic, which is like, you know, imagine you're running a business now. We've got a listener on, they're, they're struggling, the revenue's dropped, like the, the, the staff culture's gone a bit bad and they're not managing things properly. Like for them, I feel that their business is going right down the gutter. Like what? What kind of advice would you give them to stabilize it? I think firstly, don't try and do it on your own. Yeah. Um, you know, have the humility and self awareness and the humbleness um, to reach out to a friend, uh, a competitor, even or someone that you feel and say, "Look, I'm struggling." Because nine times out of ten, when you do that, you know the the person you go to will will say that they're struggling too, or give you some advice, and then just to just and also look at yourself as well and say, "Look." It's very easy to blame other people or other situations. More often than not, it can be a mindset thing or it can be where you're looking at something like that. So firstly, 
I think seek help and support from somebody else. Secondly, I think be your own biggest supporter. You're not the only one or the first person it's ever happened to. You know, if it doesn't happen to you, I'll be surprised anyway. So I would, I would, I would don't don't allow it to kind of affect your confidence. So when I say be be your own biggest supporter, I think you touched on it just now. Um, the negative narrative that we have in our heads isn't necessarily our actual thoughts. That can be stuff that's that's indoctrinated from other people or content you've absorbed or something else. I just think you know. I would almost write down some of your achievements, what 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 you feel good about yourself. You gra- write down some gratitude stuff, and just think about all the stuff you want that, that is positive, and just just kind of and don't and don't be rash. So take a step back. And in, in some cases, what people do is that in that situation they'll they'll work harder, or they'll they'll throw more money at it, or or they'll do something more. Sometimes, why don't you just down tools? Take a day or two off or whatever and stop and just think and journal and write and get that clarity. Sometimes it's just a bit of a bit of clarity you need, you know? Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? I just had my brother's off in Sense Parks at the moment. He's just written a load of things down and sent it to me on a document this morning. Just a bit two, two A A four sheets of paper. And and I really agree with you on the fact that like, you know, having someone there to talk to. It's like so important, and that could like for me, that's my brother or my dad or and what have you. But like, it's also like friends. Like, if you've got some friends that are maybe have been through similar things, like not being scared to reach out and chat to them and be open and vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's also as well if you've got like, there's no shame in cutting back a little bit. You know, reducing some people. You know, whatever it might be it's not a vanity thing you know and people people fall into the trap around what what will other people think ultimately they've got their own lives to lead as well it's about what you think as well and it's it's, it's when it starts to affect your health and your thinking and your actions you think hang on a second what's more important yeah your business is important but your life's even more important so you know sometimes it'd be a case of scrapping it and starting the whole thing again that what you know you've got to just think thinking like that can have a real real positive and negative impact on what Chris, mate, I've absolutely loved having you on the show. Um, I think you're really inspirational and amazing guy. And I'm, I feel so humbled by, by you coming onto the show. And I want to get another one booked in with you. Um, this hasn't been long enough. And I, I can't wait for a, a chat or a beer as well. So thank you so much, mate. Um, how can everyone find you, by the way? I just want to say thank you so much too. Well, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. I'd love to come on again and really humble knowledge you asked me. Um, the best place is probably LinkedIn. Just just catch me on there. I'm on Instagram and usual social media, Facebook, but um, LinkedIn is the best place to catch me. Definitely. Yeah, we'll definitely put some links um, to Chris on, on our podcast. So to everyone that's listened in, thank you so much. Uh, we're super humbled to have Chris on the show. Um, yeah, super respect. And we'll catch up with you guys later. 